there can be something so beautiful about the mornings that we can gather together as a family and be together at the table. And if you're hearing this and thinking, yes, I love that time. Or if you're hearing this and thinking, I don't know what you're talking about. There is nothing beautiful about the way that we do our mornings in our home. You are going to be so glad that you joined us today because we are talking with Cindy Rollins, who has a beautiful new book out called Morning Time. And it is a wonderful resource to be able to help give moms the understanding of why that morning time together is valuable and understand the long marathon of what can happen through morning after morning with a liturgy of practice of doing life together in an intentional way with our children in the mornings that can really reach their hearts and lay a foundation for them in life that will serve them for all of their years. So you are going to love our conversation today. So much encouragement from Cindy, and you're probably going to want to follow her. You can find her at morningtimeformoms.com. And you also can listen to her podcast too. It is called the new Mason jar podcast with Cindy Rollins and, and continue to be encouraged by her. I'm so glad that you can join us today as we talk about morning time together. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for being here. This is such a treat. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. It seems like we have a lot in common. Yes, it's been so nice just talking these few minutes. I feel like I already know you from reading your book, Mere Motherhood. It's a beautiful book. If moms have not read it, I can't recommend that book enough. I feel like it gave me a glimpse into your heart for the Lord and for home in such a beautiful way. And then now to be able to be here and talk about your newer book that you've written, Morning Time, A Liturgy of Love. And if you're watching on Instagram, I'll hold it up so you can see. But otherwise, I can't recommend enough that you look this book up. And I know after this conversation, Many moms will want to have this to use, not just as an inspiration, but a real tangible resource to help do mornings in a differently intentional way in their home mm-hmm. that I believe is just a beautiful, gentle way to start the day with a family. So thank you so much for this new resource. Well, I'm, ex- I'm very excited about this resource because I do believe in morning time. And if you read the first half of the, the first part of the book, not the half, um, you know, I tell why morning time and I get a lot of background, a lot of philosophy, and I'm hoping that part will really be helpful to people who are looking for some sort of philosophy, but not knowing what they want to do in their family, but, mm-hmm. but knowing there's something better. And I'm hoping that will be helpful. And, 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 and even new homeschoolers who d- maybe didn't even want to be homeschooling, but they've been doing things the way, you know, the schools do them and they want something new and different. And then the second half of the book or much more than the half are, are all the poems, songs, hymns, everything. We, a lot of things that we mention are actually in the book. So you can just even pick it up and just pick a poem at random and it's right there. 
have it ready to go. Okay. Well, let's, let's first talk about what morning time is because it's something that was new to me as a mom. I had never heard of this idea of morning time until I began reading about the Charlotte Mason philosophy of a way of homeschooling and following some different groups, Ambleside online and some different, uh, people on Instagram and seeing the way that they did this morning time ritual Mm -hmm. in their home, kind of a rhythm in their home. And I, I, before I go too far into it, I do want to say, I love that you mentioned that it doesn't have to just be for homeschoolers, that there are ways that teachers or moms, I mean, everyone has breakfast with their family. Everyone wakes right, up. Right. And so this, if you're not a homeschooling family, don't think, wait, this isn't for me. This definitely can still be for you. So mm-hmm. share with us, what is morning time? Well, it kind of got started in our family in a unique way. We we were doing the Bible verse every morning with my my oldest son when he was four. And I started thinking, well, this is going really well. I'm going to add this to this time. And I'm going to add this to this time. Of course, I knew I was going to homeschool him, but I hadn't gotten to the part where we actually homeschooled. So it, it just sort of steamrolled into that's the beginning of our homeschool. That's how our homeschool started. I started adding more and more short little things to morning time and it became a thing and we called it morning time. You know, it'd be, it's time for morning time. Um, It's a very organic thing. Lots of people have come up with this idea without calling it morning time. There are your morning basket and the morning, this and morning that, or just, or just, you know, group time, circle time. So it's not like I invented it because it is an organic idea. I said, what I did was I proved that you can do it over a long, long period of time and and it will bear fruit. And um, that it was the heart and soul of our homeschool. And I often say it's what with a, a large family, I had a large family of nine children. It's really what kept our school from just totally falling apart. And much of what the kids remember from growing up and homeschooling is this group time that we had together, where we read some Bible, sang some songs, did some poetry, and then read aloud from, you know, two or three different books. And Mm -hmm. it just became an easy highlight of our life. And so now I don't have any students left. It's just me, but I get up every morning and I have morning time off too. (laughs) That's beautiful. And how rich it must be because you've created this way of life that now it just continues in a beautiful new way. Yeah. I'm excited about, and even me having time to think about how could you apply morning time to places like Sunday school or, mm-hmm. uh, assisted living or nursing homes. Um, we're, we're thinking about it in a lot of different wow. ways. That is wonderful. I love that. So what our morning time, and I heard you give a little bit about what yours looks like, but ours has looked like it's really become a staple in our day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, those are the first steps that we take because it works for me because, because I'm not naturally a real, uh, rigorous discipline scheduled person. Mm-hmm. My nature is to want to go with the flow, right. which I think has very beautiful things, but also mm-hmm. can be a challenge when you're wanting to make sure you're actually educating your children and wanting to intentionally do things. I don't want to leave things out because we spent all day long just smelling the roses, you know? Uh, But so morning time has allowed me to make sure that those things that are absolute necessities come Mm -hmm. first. And I think about where God's word says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. And that's what I found the value of morning time that we very first start 
with prayer and we do it still at the table. I do it while my children are, are still, most of them are still eating when we start morning time, because if their mouths are full and their hands are busy, then their minds are a little more open. Perfect. Perfect for toddlers. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes. And we do have very many little people in our home still. My youngest is um, nine months when we're recording this right now. And then I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old and a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. So my, my youngers, especially, it really helps them to do it at that time to join with us in that way. So we pray and we have time in God's word and that the time in God's word looks different, different years. Some Mm -hmm. years we've used, um, storybook Bibles. Some Mm -hmm. years we've used, um, a devotional on some days and then been in God's word, like the, the tangibly in God's word, the Bible on other days. Uh, we always do our Bible memory verses together during that time that we're sitting at the table and we bring in poetry. Everyone has the way we do our poetry is everyone has a poem book or books. And then sometimes they'll switch one or the other. And even my youngest, I have a board book that they have. She called it her palms. I will pick my palm. And so she would pick a palm and the older kids would read their poems out loud. And then I would read the youngest or a sibling would Mm -hmm. read it for them. And, um, we do that. Sometimes we have something with a folk song that -hmm. we'll bring in during our time. We've had seasons where we've brought in practicing multiplication or addition. If that was an area that was we were struggling with that. I found when there's something that I say, this topic is not getting hit in the importance that I want it to. I can pick that up and put it in our morning time. And then it has a new consistency to it that allows it to not be missed. Whereas otherwise, maybe later in the day, the day gets going, yes. we stop and smell a few too many roses mm-hmm. and we don't get to it. So morning right. time has served us very, very well. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. That makes me really happy. And honestly, that is the beauty of it. Anything you have that little twinge of guilt. Oh, I wish we could do this. You can put it in morning time. You don't have to put it in a lengthy way. It can be a very short amount, but if you're consistently doing something every day, even in a little itsy bitsy, tiny little amount, it, it is adding up. Whereas if you have yes. a big giant plan to do something mm-hmm. and you never do it, you know, it doesn't add up to anything. Just the plan is not the thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. So share with us. I know I shared kind of what morning time looked like and yeah. looks like in our home. And I do like that it has, it changes over time. It's not the same forever as our children grow. Right. Absolutely. The, the things that we're studying changes what we do during yeah. some, some years we've was, we've been studying early American history. We have a book mm-hmm. that's about some things from early American history. And one of my children reads out of that every morning. Mm-hmm. So it changes with time as my children grow and as our studies grow. So what, what do you teach in your book as the idea of what morning time is? Well, it does change over time. And really, first of all, it's a liturgy. I always say it's a liturgy Mm -hmm. and you can put different things into that liturgy over time. You can, you know, pull in little children, let older, older children go, you know, you have a family life is not stable. Mm -hmm. I think morning time is a great place for the younger children to hear what you're reading aloud or working on with the older children too. So they're getting this rich language. I always say my fifth son sat in his laid in his little bassinet in the living room while we did morning time. 
and he would just listen and we would be doing Shakespeare and these, these beautiful things. And, and I can't help but think um, that it helped him and his, you know, his language skills are off the chart. Mm-hmm. He's grown up to be a, a great, thoughtful person. And um, I always say that's because he was in morning time in his bassinet. But of course, who knows why he's a great person, but I would I'll take credit as much as I possibly can. My siblings and I all say that our youngest brother is the smartest and the best of all of us. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I always said that about my youngest too. I was like, oh, he was, you know, he's going to be the one I get it right with, you know, I'm going to plug yes. it all in. Um, but um, he, and he is quite a, a wonderful kid too. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, morning time was just this time, like you said, to gather in the things that. I wanted to make sure we didn't miss uh, mm-hmm. because in a, in a family, and I had a large family and I had a large family of boys, you know, things are going to fall by the wayside. Somebody's going to get hurt in the middle of the morning and, you know, things are going to move away from your control as the day goes by. And this yes. is to grab that in the beginning and get into good habits. Yes. And so you talk about, you talked about having a bunch of boys. So one of the things I was thinking about with that is, Um, my daughter said, she's so sweet. She, when she's nine and she said the other day, I realized something when little boys don't have something to do, they get into a lot of trouble. (laughs) Oh, you are a wise, a wise young woman. Um, because it's true. So I feel like the idea of this sounds so beautiful, Yeah. but then actually picturing you at a table with, with eight, eight boys and one daughter, right? Right. I'm picturing this and it does not, I mean, it just doesn't have the stillness that I'm imagining. So what does that actually look like? (laughs) Yeah. Well, for one thing, I didn't make them sit quietly. They could, um, we had Legos, we had blocks, we had all kinds of things available that um, when, when we did Bible, we did sit quietly. And I always say that morning, early morning time where you sing and you do Bible, That is preparation for sitting in church. So Mm -hmm. that's very good habit training. But when you get past that solemn time, you want to let them, you know, wiggle a little bit, move around a little bit, uh, sit on the floor, draw. They can do those things while you're going through each step of morning time and not there. It isn't a way to strap them to, you know, listening to every word you say. And it's important to keep things flowing. You don't Mm -hmm. You don't want to get bogged down. Mom doesn't need to elaborate on everything. That is one thing I push really hard for because we're letting these things do this work. Yes. We pick excellent materials, excellent things to read so that they can be excellent. It doesn't need us to decipher it all and to re-speak it in childish words. No. And that's one point. You don't want those, you don't want to dumb everything down to where you think they are because they're probably mentally far above what you think they're, they are. And then two, you don't, they're going to hear your voice for years on end as a homeschooling mom. And you want to, the, the, the more you can let the material say, do the work, work and the words, then, you know, they, they tune mom out pretty young, you know, uh, uh, you know there's mom, you know, she's preaching a Bible verse. <laughs> And they, and I remember the day I just looked up and I thought, oh, they're not listening to my sermon on this verse that we just read. <laughs> and it really hit me that because oh. the verse was so important, it was important for me not to overwhelm the verse with my verbiage. Mm. So um, that's a hard, that's a little bit harder. That's convicting. <laughs> you have, you have them all there and they're all looking at you, but you want this to last. Uh, and so it's better not to do too much of that. Of course, you're going to do a little bit, you're a mom and that, you know, that's what moms do, but 
um, mm-hmm. tone it down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I do love that you allowed them to be busy <clears throat> while you were teaching them too. That's something that we do as well. So I remember one time we were doing uh, Bible time. I think I was reading aloud a book, a novel to my children. And we have a podcast that we recorded a ways a long time ago. I think we put it out like in October of 2020 about reading aloud to children. Mm-hmm. And we talk more in depth about this, but the, the synopsis is I was reading aloud and one of my children was drawing. I think one was doing Play-Doh and mm-hmm. one was building with some kind of like Lincoln logs or tinker toys, or one of those kinds of just busy hands, thinking mm-hmm. mind kind of creative building toys. And my husband later said, Hey, I noticed while you were reading that they were all doing other things. Mm-hmm. I said, yes, that is completely intentional. And he said, well, but aren't, aren't they going to be missing what you're reading? Mm-hmm. I said, no, it's actually very important that when they're busy, when their hands are busy and they're able to be doing something physical, that their minds are able to process the information in a different way and be listening at a different level than if they're sitting and they're not going to be as easily distracted because they're already busy doing something else. Right. Right. Yes, absolutely. And it's shocking how much they remember when it looks like they're not even paying attention (laughs) because they're building something intently, but they are, it really helps them to listen. And I would encourage moms who maybe haven't done this kind of thing yet, that this sounds new to them to start very simply and start small that if you start with just a little bit, because your children are going to have to build up the stamina to be able to do this for very long periods of time. And you're going to have to build up the stamina to learn and also to learn the culture in your home. What works best for us? What doesn't work best for us and pick some things. So maybe you say we're going to I don't know. Some people aren't Play-Doh families. We're a Play-Doh family. We love Play-Doh. No carpet in your house, I guess. Yeah, Not where the Play-Doh is. And so we actually have a drawer in our kitchen. One of our kitchen desk drawers is full of Play-Doh and Play-Doh toys. So when we do our morning time, my kids know when their breakfast is done and cleared, they can get out a thing of Play-Doh or a couple and some toys. We also have paper and crayons or colored Mm -hmm. pencils there, and they can get those out and they can do either of those things during our morning time. Mm -hmm. Um, so how would you recommend that a mom start this at the beginning? Like, what would you say is a first step to starting morning time? Well, the first step is gathering everyone together. And, and, and when you read this book, it can be overwhelming. And I've say in there, do not start a full time, full speed ahead morning time. When you first start, just start slowly adding things, get your family together, pray, maybe take some prayer requests from one another, Mm -hmm. let everybody, you know, talk about what's on their heart in that moment. And then, and then read a Bible, a small Bible passage um, to them, maybe work on a memory verse and then sing and let everybody go. I do say sing. I've over the years, I've gotten to the point where I really, really think, especially in our culture now, we have this lost art of singing and whether it's a hymn or a folk song, like you mentioned before, these things are very important. And and to sing with one another really builds a family culture in ways that that you would be surprised and, and, and have long lasting effects. You've heard that the family that prays together stays together. Well, I think the family that sings together, even if they sing badly, Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it has a binding effect that cannot, cannot be easily dismissed. 
I would agree with that. I also have been surprised at the richness of how we've grown as a family through our singing time that the hymns that we sing, I have a, I have a book that we've gone through. That's wonderful that I'll link in the show notes below that we've gone through with our hymns that has allowed me to teach them the history of the hymn. And then we, the way we do it is we do a verse every week of the hymn. So by the end of the month, we've learned the entire hymn and the vocabulary that my children learn Mm -hmm. and the theology that they learn and the history that they learn as we're learning about the the hymnist and how they wrote it and what was going on in the world at that time. And then something else that we've begun doing is we FaceTime my grandmas and we sing the hymns to them. And one of my grandmothers has some memory loss and, um, sorry, it's probably gonna make me emotional because I haven't put two and two together before. It's been so beautiful that there are many things that she doesn't remember and that she doesn't have anymore. But when we sing these hymns from all the way across in Texas, she sings with us. Mm. And, and every time she tells me the same story Mm -hmm. about when she was a little girl and how her, they had this record player and the way that they played these hymns and how she learned them and how she knew the whole hymnal. And she does, I haven't, I haven't sung one yet that she didn't know sing along with. Yes. Yes. And it's so beautiful. And for my children to be able to have that connection, I think spiritually with the past of their generation, I think about, um, that the, the verse in second Timothy, where it says from infancy, you have known the Holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And thinking about generationally that Timothy was spoken into by his mother, by his grandmother, and that hymns are a way that it can connect us with a generation past that our culture doesn't value the things that are grandparents and great grandparents have to offer in a rich way. And I think hymns can really connect families in a beautiful way with that. Amen. You said that very well. And I think that's exactly right. Uh, We can't in a technological age where we're moving so fast to the future, we don't realize that we're leaving behind things that we really need. And to have your children in touch with their grandparents is a, a heritage that will is so important. And I'm really happy to hear that you do that. It's uh, for your grandparents' sake as individuals, but also for your future children Mm -hmm. (laughs) who they're going to be in that unknown future, which uh, awaits them. And we don't know what it is. Absolutely. And that actually leads perfectly into the other thing I was going to say about the hymns I was thinking about is I choose our hymns at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And I look through the book and I pick out what hymns. And if this is new to you, I would encourage you when you're looking for a hymn, some hymns have repetitive parts at the end, the chorus, where it has like a little verse and then a chorus that's the same every time. Some Mm -hmm. hymns don't have a chorus. They have a verse, a verse, a verse, a verse, Mm -hmm. and they have the repetitive melody of the tune you're singing, but they don't have the repetitive words. So if this is new to you, make sure you pick ones with repetitive words Um, and for your young children. But so I pick mine at the beginning of the year and Mm -hmm. I always make sure I go back and review at least one or two from years past. So my young children know the classics like amazing grace and, and ones that they might miss otherwise, if I just did new ones all the time. So we, I pick those out and it's amazing how the, it's like, it's like God plans it or something, right? Wouldn't you believe that the Holy spirit could work in our planning? Yes. How um, <laughs> I know, huh? Like he knows, like he knows what we need in advance. 
Because I remember one of the ones that we ran into, I had a month where I knew, okay, we need to start some new training of obedience in my beautiful two-year-old because she is out of control. Um, having a baby and a two-year-old at the same time was a lot of work. And I had just the day before thought I need to start some new habits with her and I'm going to, this is a new project in our day. And wouldn't you know that our hymn for that new month was trust and obey. And I thought, Lord, you are going before me and preparing these songs, not just to work in the hearts of our children, but to work in my heart. And that's another thing that's so beautiful about this. Another one we did was during coronavirus season, when we were at home a bit more towards the beginning of it and feeling more alone, even though I was surrounded by all of my children, I normally do have friends and be with other people a lot. And our hymn for that month was what a friend we have in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I had chosen that before any of that time. And that was coming, right? No, but God knew what I needed. And I just sat and I try not to get overly emotional when I'm singing these hymns with my children, because sometimes I find when I do, it will almost take them out of the moment. Yes. yes. So I have to just pray about it and kind of push through, but God is so faithful to use the words of these hymns and the words of his scripture, not just in the hearts of my children, but in my heart. And he prepares me for my days as I obediently lead my children through these morning practices. And, and, and that is morning time. It's not just for the kids. It's for you too, because these are living things there. They feed your soul and they feed the children's soul. And really that is one reason homeschooling is so wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, While we're teaching our children, we're repairing the ruins of our own education. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a great way to double up. If you feel like, oh, I wasn't, how can I homeschool? I wasn't educated. Well, well, you get to do it with the kids. Yes. Yes. You can just learn right alongside them in this new way. Okay. So if someone decides they're going to start small, like you said, with some singing and you can turn singing on, if you feel like you need to turn on a song to sing with you, if you don't feel confident, there aren't restrictions to say to do this best. It has to look like this. No, pick what works for your family and just do it. Just yes. make it happen. And again, I'll put our hymn book resource in the show notes below. I'll put a couple of the Bible books that we've used mm-hmm. that are a gentle way to use God's word with your children that I love. Um, what would you say is the next step? If they've got that down, then what? Well, I'm a big proponent of poetry. I think that every family needs to have poetry in their life. And by poetry, I mean everything from nursery rhymes to the Iliad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, These are all, um, this is a way of understanding the way language is used to get it in your heart. And and you would not believe that when a child is raised on the rhythms and the words and the metaphors, because most poetry is just metaphor after metaphor after comparing things, things that are very different. So you have this comparing going on. You have the law, the highest form of language training that you can give your child. Mm -hmm. And this will translate across the board to everything they do in their future. So a lot of people say, well, I don't like poetry. I'm not going to do poetry. Poetry is one of the most important things in this day and age where Mm -hmm. we have language, uh, just in the dumpster, people's ability to communicate with one another, to understand people who are different from us. If we don't understand uh, that there, you can compare things that aren't alike and you can find a bridge between them, which poetry teaches us, 
then you can't communicate and you just have this and this and this, and we don't have a range of ideas. So poetry is far more important than most people think. Then you have your reading aloud, your, um, you can memorize speeches, you can memorize all sorts of things. And I do have a system where I introduce new things and I review old things. So we have kind of a running, let's learn this new poem. And I learned hymns just like you did. Each week we did a different, we added a verse so that we would learn the whole hymn. Um, and then we would also review an, a hymn that we'd already learned. So you, and then from there, there's just no end of things you can do in morning time with your kids and add on. I ended up at the very end doing grammar in morning time where I would just, we would just diagram a sentence on a board. And that was a very organic way of learning about language. Once again, this rich environment of language, which you can build on for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, Far more than a curriculum or a workbook or anything like that is ever going to do with their life. You're talking about that sentence you're only spending two or three minutes, but you're doing it daily. So mm-hmm. you're building this huge understanding of the way the English English sentence is formed. So, mm-hmm. um, but the heart and soul then at the end of morning time, I always ended with um, a, a, a wonderful book that everybody loved, you know, a, a book of Tom Sawyer or Little House on mm-hmm. the Prairie or the Chronicles of Narnia or just some beautiful read aloud book. And there's just no regretting reading aloud with your children. Mm-hmm. It is the it is the heart and soul of everything we do, and it is just the one thing you're, you're never going to get to the end of your homeschooling years and say, "I wish we hadn't read aloud so much. We could have done more more, more workbooks." <laughs> mm-hmm. No, you're going to say, "I wish we had read aloud more." So yes. And I can attest to that having been homeschooled and watching when my, when I knew it was special when I was homeschooling, mm-hmm. but when I graduated, because I'm the oldest of four mm-hmm. and I went off to college and would come home and I would see, I would hear them joke about things. They named pets, you know, after characters of the books that they had bonded over and become closer over. And I was so envious Mm -hmm. and I was so sad that I was missing those things. I remember part of me thinking, wait, I want to read those books. Which ones are they? But obviously I didn't have time while I was at the university to be reading the chapter books that they were enjoying as a family, but the relationships that it brings and the, the vocabulary that it builds. And I think that's a really beautiful thing about the poetry and the books that you read aloud is it empowers children to think and reason and communicate at a completely different level than we call children to Yes, that when I read, there's that word twaddle that I love that talking about just the meaningless Mm -hmm. material really that we put in front of children, whether it be media of, you know, books or shows or goodness, all of the apps, how many apps on phones just have nothing of value for them at all. And even though it's rich, doesn't mean by any means that it's boring. I think that when children develop, we get to give our children a palate Mm -hmm. for what they're going to enjoy the flavor of. And I think that as not, I think I am confident that as you prepare a feast for them of these rich life-giving materials of timing God's word together, time with script, memorizing scripture together, memorizing speeches of the past that matter, that I want them to hold dear goodness. 
And if this generation doesn't need to be memorizing the speeches of our forefathers, I don't know who does. Yeah, they're and the boys love them. Boys love those speeches. Yes. It's just so valuable. And it doesn't only give them, not only does it give them a foundation that's going to carry them so well into their future, but it is giving a relational bonding with your family during that time together, that is a glue that will carry them into the years to come. When they leave home, may their hearts ache to be missing the books that the rest of us are enjoying at home. I just pray that my family will have the same thing. That's beautiful. And I, the hard thing for mom is when that first child leaves, maybe they start working in the evenings or they're gone and you're like, we're, we're going to wait till they come home. We're going to wait till they come <laughs> And then one day you realize we have to keep reading, even though we've lost this member. <laughs> that's, yes. that's one of the harder things of, of, of being a homeschooling mom. Yes. What a beautiful thing though. I think about how many times I've heard parents say, oh, only so many more years till they're gone. And I think, oh no, you yeah. are you are missing a beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cindy, this was wonderful. Thank you so much. And, and remind, remind people, I will mention it. I'll put it in the show notes too, but okay. if they want to follow you, where should they do so? Yeah, you can follow me on, I have a, a website, morningtimeformoms.com. You can sign up for my newsletter. You'll probably get a note saying that it failed to sign you up, but it didn't. <laughs> we have a glitch we can't fix, but morningtimeformoms.com. And I also have the new Mason Jar uh, podcast. You can yes. find there also. So um, those are the big, the bigger places where you can find me. And if you want to know what else I'm doing, you can go to morningtimeformoms.com and I have lists there. That's great. Well, thank you so much. And I will um, hope that many moms will get your book and feel a new uh, strength and boldness to be able to try morning time in a beautiful way in their home. Oh, thank you. I hope so too, because I I love it. (laughs) Yes, it is such a gift. And I'm so glad that we could share it with people. Thank you so much for joining me. All right. Thank you. What a wonderful encouragement Cindy was. She's so inspirational and just made me excited to take our morning time to a new level and try to incorporate some new things. So I want to help you with this. If this is new to you and you want to incorporate this into your home, follow my Instagram this week. Well, I will give some direction every day of some things that we have done in our home. I told you that I've had friends say, what did you do? And let me just order it. So I will share some of those things with you. I also would encourage you for sure. Get Cindy's book. It has so many resources. The first about half of it is about why we do morning time and what that can look like. And then she has all of the actual resources in the back available. She has poetry. She has, um, hymns available back there, all the things that you can be doing right at your fingertips just by getting the book. So I love things that keep it simple. Cindy's book absolutely does that morning time, a liturgy of love. I cannot recommend enough that you get this book. It's, it is thick, but not because it's full of so many words. It's thick because it's full of so many resources. So it's enough words for a mom to read, It's resources that will make it doable for you. And then also follow my Instagram this week, and I will share some more things of ways that you can do morning time simply and beautifully in your home. And if this did inspire you, I want you to also go back, listen to my conversation about gentle learning with young children that I did with Katie Klein back in October. And it will also really encourage you because we talk a little bit about morning time, I think, but it's kind of this more gentle way of doing conversations together. So I hope that you can join us there as well. Have a great week. 
Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below, where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends. And join us next week as we talk about reluctant homeschooling.